Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. We're thankful that you're able to join us tonight. We pray that the Word of the Lord would uh, speak to you and bless you. Uh, we're excited about the things of God and what the Kingdom of God is doing here at Spirit of Grace Church. Praise God. We're thankful for the opportunity to join you tonight here uh, online, and, and uh, we pray that you will be blessed. We're reading from um, Daniel chapter 3, and uh, just by way of announcement for all of our Spirit of Grace Church folks, this Sunday is Baptism Sunday, and we're looking forward to a great time of baptizing those in the name of Jesus, and it's going to be an exciting day. And uh, then a week from Saturday is our annual uh, renew uh, ministry, uh, couples ministry night. We're going to have dinner at five o'clock and a lot of food, fun, fellowship, and uh, look into the word of the Lord a little bit as well. <clears throat> Praise God. Tonight, I want to speak to you from Daniel chapter three. And uh, let me just read the, 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 or the starting at verse number 12. And uh, then we'll go from there. Actually, I'll start at verse number 11. Or no, 12 is good. And there are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bag, pipe, and every other kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning fiery furnace and who is the god who will deliver you out of my hands shadrach meshach and abednego answered and said to the king o nebuchadnezzar we have no need to answer you in this matter if this be so our god whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand o king but if not be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men who were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the fiery furnace. But uh, then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound, 
walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. And Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire, and the satraps and the prefects and the governors and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins so that there is for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. And I want to, with the help of the Lord, share something that's on my heart. And I want to just uh, entitle this, Stand. Just stand. And uh, would you just take just a moment to ask the Lord to speak to our hearts tonight. Jesus, I love you and I praise you. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. I'm asking you to fill me out and pour me out upon all of the listeners tonight. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to take your word and pierce even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and allow us, Lord God, to see you in a brand new light. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This story is, if you're around church for any length of time, has been spoken of many, many times, and uh, I trust that you're aware of it uh, even today. But what I want to bring forth today is what I believe is happening in 2022, in this time, and it's been going on for, you know, really, we've got such an upheaval in society with COVID, with the politics of the era, with uh, the different media outlets that are available to us, and all of those things, and those uh, things that are going on around us, the uh, the crime rate, all of the things that are happening. And you, you, if you've read a paper, if you've lived any uh, hour, <laughs> you know what's kind of going on around the world. And uh, I believe that Something is rising amongst the church, and uh, tonight I come to caution you about spiritual warfare. Now, I, I want to say some things. I believe in spiritual warfare. The Bible even tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. And uh, I, I, I don't discount the fact that we are in a battle. My fear comes um, in the manner or the method of which we battle in the spirit. And what I mean by that is because of our sense of injustice versus justice in the world, both in the natural realm and then obviously in the spiritual realm, some of us have taken on this holy wrath, if you will, 
and we have begun to perform spiritual warfare, I believe, against the things of God or, or in a different method than what God releases us in, and we start chasing the devils instead of chasing God. I believe that the greatest spiritual warfare that the church can partake in today is seeking and searching for all of the depths of who God is. Because the Bible says, if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. And the closer he is to you, the less warfare that you have to, to fight in. I believe that God wants to fight our battles. I believe that God has told us, uh, if you read Ephesians 6, to stand firm, having done all to stand. In fact, if you look at the pieces of armor of Ephesians 6, there's really only one piece of armor that you could classify as an offensive kind of instrument. And that really is uh, also a defensive mechanism. And that is the sword of the spirit, which is, according to Ephesians, the word of God. So when you begin to quote scripture and begin to read scripture, that is the offensive weapon that God designed for us to use. But all of the other armor are defensive mechanisms. And, and what I mean by that is I believe that God wants us to stand and let him fight on our behalf, but he only fights for those that are standing. And so I want to break down this passage of scripture that we shared up until verse 12. What we're reading is the story where uh, really the, uh, uh, the, the, the King Nebuchadnezzar and those that whispered into his ear wanted to make a dividing point be between them and the people that they had conquered, which were the Israelites. And uh, I believe that they were, this whole concept of chapter three was really a trap to break the children that had been taken into captivity into Babylon and, and break their will and break their spirit. But there was three, we know there was at least four, including Daniel, and I'm sure that there were others, but there's three recorded in this chapter that when Nebuchadnezzar, sent out his image with the command that all people, nations, tongues, when the music is played and the statue is brought before them, that men and women were to fall to their faces in worship to an idol that obviously um, Israelites knew that that was against the, the will of God for the Israelites knew the Ten Commandments where God said, thou shalt have no other God before me. And so we get to this passage and we get these people that tell on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They go to Nebuchadnezzar and say, hey, there's three, three guys. And, and we assume that these were actually young men, uh, may have only been in their teens, um, and, and were brought before Nebuchadnezzar and said these three would not bow when the, uh, when, when the, the music played. And, and Nebuchadnezzar seemed to have a soft spot for some of these Hebrew children. And, and, uh, and so he's talking to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and giving them a second chance to worship. And uh, I want you to notice um, in verse 12, um, when, when, we, when we're referencing this uh, passage of scripture, in verse number 12, uh, I, I want to just make this statement. When you refuse to serve the God of this world, when you will stand and not bow to the pressures of your society around you, and each one of us have different 
surroundings and each one of us have different spheres of influence and different worlds, if you will. Uh, I believe when you stand against that and stand against the pressure, you draw the attention of the enemy. And uh, when you stand for God, it's going to not only draw the attention of the enemy, but the people that follow the enemy. And, and, and so if you're doing that which is right and good and upstanding in the, in the eyes of God, you might as well just plan on attracting the attention of your adversary. And, uh, but I want you to notice it wasn't the active, um, it, it doesn't say that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were out evangelizing. It doesn't say that they were standing up in a revolutionary manner. It doesn't say that they were speaking out against the king. It, it just says that they wouldn't do what they knew that they weren't supposed to do. They were only going to do what God had ordered them to do. And so they would not bow to this image. And when you just do what God wants you to do, or, or don't do what God wants you to do in, in this case, when you stand up, <coughs> excuse me, for the principles of the word of the Lord, it will draw the attention of your enemy. And, and, and so um, then it goes in, into verse 13. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is furious because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, wouldn't bow. Let me, just, let me just tell you, when you stand for God, you enrage the enemy. Can I just tell you, if, if Satan himself can get you into a hand-to-hand -hand combat, that he's excited about that, that he wants that, he's looking for a fight, he likes, uh, uh, he, he likes division, he likes uh, co uh, conflict. Uh, I mean, he came to seek to still to destroy. So you know that he's into all of that stuff. But when you just stand and you just stand in the principles of the word of God, it drives him crazy. I want you to think about Job. Job was somebody that God had given uh, uh, license to the devil to mess with. And Job doesn't go on a prayer and fast rampage. He doesn't go start casting devils out. He doesn't start. He just remains steadfast to the things of God. Through all of the stuff that the enemy put Job through, he just stayed hand in hand and it drove him nuts. Did you understand? I hope you get what I'm saying. I believe in spiritual warfare and I believe that there are times where God tells you to take back that which was taken from you. But when we get so consumed with being in warfare instead of being in fellowship, we get our priorities out of place and we miss the power that God is wanting to work through us on our behalf. Praise God. So notice here in verse uh, 14, Nebuchadnezzar answers them. And he says, if you don't want to serve that which you have set up, can I just tell you that just like Nebuchadnezzar, <clears throat> the enemy is using the things of this world, the things of this age, 2022, to set up a false, really a religion, a false spiritual aspect, a false, uh, uh, what's, I'm, I'm trying to think, of, a false image to worship. And uh, I want to challenge you tonight not to get concerned about that which is going on around you, 
but be so consumed with finding God that all of the other things may just fall in, in place and it may cause you some, some, some hard times. It may cause you some conflict, but if you'll just stand with him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just stood. They didn't bow. And so now Nebuchadnezzar's irate because they would not bow to the religious worship, if you will, that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. There's only one thing that's worthy to be worshiped, and that's God Almighty. Just stand in that and don't allow the other things to happen. But notice uh, <clears throat> in verse 15, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and again, it goes, says, uh, or, or, or in verse 15, he gives another ultimatum. He gives the repercussion. Nebuchadnezzar 16 is where they respond. But in, in verse 15, Nebuchadnezzar gives these three Hebrew children another opportunity. He says, listen, I, you may have just not heard the music well enough. I, I, I'm just reading between the lines a little bit here. Maybe you just didn't understand the the uh, the mandate, if you will, the 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 declaration. Uh, maybe you just didn't understand how serious I was. Maybe you just thought it was just an option. But I'm going to give you another chance to bow. I, I, I'm, but if you don't bow this time, here's the repercussions that are coming. You see. When you are involved in spiritual warfare, it's not necessarily you on the advance. It's you recognizing the repercussions of what God is or what the devil or your enemy is, is giving you. He may say, if you'll do this, I'll do this. But if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. And when all of those things begin to play in, you need to make the decision. Are you going to bow or are you going to stand? It's not about you casting a demon out. It's not about you overcoming the enemy. It's about the question is, will you stand or will you bow? Because the greater act and the most powerful act is simply to stand and let God do it. But they knew the repercussion. And then read verses 16 to 18 again. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they answer the king. We don't even need to answer you in this manner. I want to back up just a second to tie this scripture um, to verse number 12. When they're, when they're telling on them, they make this statement that, that really stands off the page for me. And, and it is this, O king, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, pay no attention to you. It lets me know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't worried <clears throat> about the societal ills of the day. They weren't worried about the national interest. They weren't worried uh, about what the king and the country was going to do to them. They weren't worried about what the enemy was declaring over them. They were concerned about one thing and one thing only, and that was to seek God and his kingdom. Oh my, if we would just get that into our spirit. They didn't pay any attention to King Nebuchadnezzar. They didn't pay any attention to the decrees that he set down. They just focused on God. Oh, would it be so powerful if all of those that declare to be God's followers today would lay down their spiritual warfare weapons and pick up the only weapons that God declares and just begin to seek him, just begin to, to follow after him, just begin to find where he's at and let him do the work. Yes, you may face some repercussions. Yes, you may have to go through some things, but it's when you go through some things that he shows up, and when he shows up, and I'm going to share this in a minute, all things 
just begin to explode and the, the kingdom of God is seen in a new light. So when you tie the, the verse number 12 where it says they pay no attention to verse number 16, he, they say, we don't even have really need to answer you in, in this matter. I don't care what you say, Nebuchadnezzar. I'm not worried about your decrees. I'm not worried about the downfall of the economy. I'm not worried about the upheaval of society. All I'm worried about, Nebuchadnezzar, is am I right with God? Is my relationship with the kingdom in place? And if that's, the, if that's true and that's right, I don't even have to answer you in this matter. But because you've asked, <laughs> I just kind of read in between the lines there, because you've asked, if it's so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from your fiery furnace, but if not, so be it. I'm not going to bow. I'm going to stand. I'm not going to fight against you. I'm not going to speak out against you. I'm not going to bond, bind you. I, I'm not going to blast you. I'm not going to, pro, to prophesy against you. I'm just not going to bow. If God takes our life through your hands, then God takes us. It, it's a totally different mindset of spiritual warfare. Stand, therefore, having your armor of God and having done all to stand. That's what God is calling the church to do, is to stand. He's not calling us to walk into a minefield in the spirit. He's asking us to stand, put on his armor, release his word, and let him do the work on our behalf. I hope somebody's getting this revelation today, that the whole concept, and you can look on every website, you can scroll down YouTube, there's all kinds of messages out there about spiritual warfare and, and coming against this and signing this petition and doing this and casting this out and, and, and going on to, to Washington and, and doing all the different things and rising up. Can I just tell you that God in his word, it only tells us to do one thing throughout scripture and that is to stand be discouraged or be encouraged. Do not be discouraged. The battle is not yours. The battle is mine. Just hold my hand. Just seek my face. Just draw nigh unto me. Yes, resist, but submit to me first. And if you'll submit to me when you resist because you're already submitted, he, you can't do anything but resist. The enemy's going to flee. Don't get wrapped up in all of the stuff around you without getting wrapped up in God himself. Praise God. Verse number 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury and the expression of his face changed. He ordered the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. Listen, when you stop justifying your actions and defending who you are and defending what your enemy is saying and defending that which comes against the church and defending this and defending that, and just standing in the hand of God, in the purpose of God, in the power of God, it causes the enemy to get even more furious. Can I just say it in King James fashion, according to the book of Romans, overcome evil with good. Don't worry about fighting the evil. Don't come out against it. Just do good. Just seek God, and God begins to shake his, your enemy's foundation. You can't even imagine how much more effective it is when God takes control of the situation. Yeah, the pressure may even be heated. If you'll just stand there, maybe even just put a little, I think there may have just even been a smile on the, on the three boys' face. Yeah, yeah, you can do what you want, but I'm not bowing. 
Yes, you can take my life, but I'm not bound. He's able, but if he doesn't, so be it. It made Nebuchadnezzar furious, and it changed the way he even looked at them, and it caused him to put the pressure even higher and put the furnace even hotter. Listen, when you stand, the pressure will be turned up. The heat's going to be turned up. The enemy's going to go crazy. It's the reason why I often tell people, if you've got things coming against you and flying, you're doing something right, just keep standing. When there's peace and calm and there's nothing happening against you, you may want to revisit where you're standing because you may have given in a little bit. You may have uh, compromised a little bit. You may have settled a little bit. But if you would just stand strong, the enemy is infuriated. And so notice it's so bad. This is, this is what I find interesting is God doesn't even do some of the battle here. Nebuchadnezzar fights himself. Look in verse 20, he said, he ordered some of the mighty men of his army. In other versions, it's the top dogs. It's his best army. It's his best men. It's his strongest men. And, and he sends them to heat the furnace. And when the furnace opens up, it's so much hotter and pressurized that the three Hebrew children could handle it. But the strongest, uh, Nebuchadnezzar destroyed a couple of his own strongest uh, men in his army. Your enemy, if you'll just stand, uh, I'm getting, uh, I, the power of God is in, in this office right now, and I know it's just me and a video camera, but I see you in your room or at your desk, wherever you're listening to this, in the car. There is something that is being released over the airways right now. If you will just stand, your enemy will take care of himself. Your enemy will begin to fight. It will cause chaos and confusion in the camp of your enemy. You will not have to lift a finger but the enemy of your soul will destroy the, the, the method and will destroy the strategy that he has laid out. It will come back to bite him and destroy him. Kills his best soldiers and throws these three Hebrews. It should have been a sign right there to Nebuchadnezzar that something was up. When the furnace is opened and the three Hebrew children are cast in with all their clothes on and the soldiers that were before them that had already used and worked with the furnace were, were killed like that. But that doesn't, that it, it takes some time. So all of a sudden they get inside this fiery furnace. They're dancing and walking around and they've got a fourth man in the fire. Listen, it lets me know this in verse number 25 that God will always show up at the hottest point. He'll always show up when it seems like it, you're on your last step. It will always show up when you're getting, when you think you're getting ready to face the punishment of the enemy. God shows up. And God doesn't just show up. He goes to the point of your position. He goes into the heat of the battle where you're at. He comes right into the hottest part of the furnace and he begins to fellowship with you. And I don't know what they did in the furnace. We just see that Nebuchadnezzar says that uh, there, there were people walking around. They, they, they were bound up, and, but now he sees them unbound and there's four there. And, and, and do you understand what I'm saying is at that moment when you think it's just about done and your enemy has just about won, keep standing. Because if you'll stand, it may seem like the darkest, hottest point of your life. God shows up. Praise God. And then it gets down to 26 and 27. 
Nebuchadnezzar comes to the near, he declares, you know, uh, notice, notice this. He declares, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Now, this excites me, and I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Notice that it's not God calling them out of the furnace. Notice that it's their enemy. It has become such a miracle just because they stood and would not bow. They did not cast anything out. They did not call anybody out of the furnace. They did not spite, they did not smite the soldiers on their own. They did not come out against Nebuchadnezzar. They let the enemy put them into the furnace. All they did was stand and not bow. If you stand and don't bow to the pressures of this world and the pressures of your enemy, I promise you God will show up. And because God shows up, your enemy is going to begin to call you out of that furnace out of that position of vulnerability. It's going to be the enemy that's going to, it's going to come over him to release you from the bonds that you are in. You're not going to have to be released by another preacher, another teacher. You're not going to have to be re re uh, released by God. Your enemy is going to recognize that you are being used by the power of God and that he has shown up and you need to be released. And so he calls Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come on out of the furnace. Oh my. And not only that, but continue to read there. When Nebuchadnezzar calls them out in verse 26, he says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire and the prefects, the governors, the king's council, they gathered together and saw that the fire had not had the power and the hair hadn't. And so look in verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar answers it. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, set aside the king's command, and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Notice what he does. He declares the miracle. Nowhere do we ever see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego declaring their miracle. Nowhere do we ever see them declaring their deliverance from the hand of the enemy. Nowhere do we ever see, because they don't have to, the enemy declares that you want to hear about powerful miracles. Just wait till your enemy has to start declaring them. Just wait until he calls you out of your situation and he declares the miracle of God in your life. Oh my, oh my, my. It's going to, listen, this is what I believe is happening in the world today. We are getting ready for a move of God that's going to cause your enemies Yes, you heard me right. It's going to cause the enemies of the church, the enemies of the kingdom of God, the enemies of the family of the Lord are going to be caused to begin to declare the miracles of God amongst his people. They are going to be the ones. It's going to be the pagan doctors, the atheist scientists. They're, they're going to be the ones that are going to be declaring the, the, the victories of the kingdom. Just stand. Don't fight against it. Don't debate. Don't argue. Don't try to prove your point. Just say, listen, you can believe whatever you want, but as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord and just see what God does. And eventually your victory is going to come and your enemy is going to have to declare it. My, oh my, oh my. Not only does he declare the miracle in 28 and 29, Nebuchadnezzar answers and says, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then notice what he says in verse 29. Therefore, I make a decree. <laughs> I release the glory. Your enemy is going to speak not only on your behalf, 
but your enemy is going to be forced to declare the glory of God among the heathen. Listen, the people that were in that room that day, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, everybody that had told Nebuchadnezzar on how to get the worship from the people, all those that tattletailed, if you will, or snitched on the, the Hebrew children, they were all in that room when Nebuchadnezzar the king began to declare the glory of God and put a price out on anybody else that didn't worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh my. And then the last thing tonight that I want to mention in the last verse of this chapter, verse number 30, the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Can I just tell you when you stand for God, not only is he going to be there for you, not only is he going to supply the miracle, not only is he going to make your enemy declare and call you out of your situation and declare your miracle and give glory to God, but your enemy is going to end up promoting you. Now, I don't know how that all looks. All I know is this. When you begin to be promoted by your enemy, it releases the glory of God even stronger. Praise God. Yes, we're in a season of spiritual warfare. But don't get so consumed with the warfare that you forget who your king is. Don't get so consumed with battling against your enemies that you forget to pursue your savior. Can I just, I need to close with this. And it's, and it's simply this statement. I would much rather fall in the battle with my enemy as I am pursuing my king than to become victorious in my, against my enemy and missing out on my king. I, I, let me say that again. I'd much rather be destroyed by my enemy while I am pursuing my savior than to overcome my enemy and missing out on my savior. My Savior, seek ye first the kingdom of God. I've got to have him more than anything because if I have him, it doesn't matter what the enemy does. Praise God. Would you just bow your heads with me tonight? Thank you for your time. I, I pray that something that is said here will just excite you, that will just draw you closer to God, that just will allow you to step into victory that you have not seen before. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for your mighty acts and your glorious goodness. I'm asking you to help somebody tonight receive this word. Help them to forget about their enemy and just stand in your presence and stand in your glory. We'll be careful to give you praise and honor and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray.